Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, our hosts look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words. Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do. But we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you. Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself. My name's Ryan Placetti, and I'm here to disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's bullshit. And my name is Ian Malden, and I'm here to help disentangle you from the Gordian knot of the Internet's <laughs> bullshit. Or just make stupid jokes as Ryan does it successfully. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine myself as I carefully, meticulously unwind this Gordian knot, separating its Maldivian strands that hail from Moldova. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're back there behind me, just French braiding them back together. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned like meticulously and carefully, uh, you know, untangling because I'm the guy like when my headphones get tangled, I just kind of pull at it until it like magically untangles somehow. Like, so it's just, we have different disentangling strategies. You, you tie it into a knot by pulling both ends and I <laughs> unwind. I, unwe- I unweave the woven. That's why we make a great team. Yeah, it's true. It's the forces of destruction and creation all swirling together like a classic yin yang. I love it. I love it. I'm not sure which one of us is a yin and which one of us is a yang. I don't know enough. of <laughs> I think I might be the yin. This is the like the de- determining whether you're the yin or the yang is the easiest sort of uh, astrology that's out there. Gotcha. It's gotcha. just like, are you a yin or a yang? It's just like two options. You know, it's like, am I the fish or the crab or the centaur or the, the scales of justice or whatever the fuck that is? You don't have to think about that. There's and there's 12 different Chinese zodiacs. Like I'm a boar in the Chinese zodiac, but I know that I'm a yin in real life. What are the characteristics of yin and yang? So yin and yang is obviously dark and light. Uh, yin is black and feminine and dark and is representative of. So in traditional medieval Chinese society, you would expect the woman to have command over the household, a.k.a. the dark spaces. Whereas the man would be the outgoing kind of face of the business as the yang. So white is bright. It's in the sun. It's outside the house. It's, you know, basically introvert, extrovert is the way to think about it. So yin is introvert. Yang is extrovert. And there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. Okay. Like, and I'm more familiar with Korean than Chinese. However, a lot of the Korean is based on Chinese. And there are two words for a housewife, basically. And it's, it's kind of heartwarming because the same sort of implied misogyny of housewife exists in Asian cultures also, because in Korean, you can call somebody your buin, which means house person, or you can call them your chipsaram, which is the native Korean word for house person. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always assumed that the house person is, in fact, a woman. I will tell you that uh, it is the position of this podcast that if you are a house person in Asia, you can be a house person of any gender. <laughs> what a brave stance. 
I'm taking it right here, right now. You have Asia. You have my permission to be gender nonconforming. Take those roles and shove them. So yin is dark. Yang is light. Correct. See, I feel like I'm yin, but yang presenting. You can, that's just it. That's the beauty of yin yang. It's so like in the context of like Western pop culture, you can do whatever the fuck you want with it. I love that. No rules. You can. I assume that part of this philosophy is that we all have a yin and a yang in well, addition yeah. to the families have a yin and a yang kind of. Situation. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it, it's everywhere. And, you know, you, I mean, we could get into we could get into Taoism. We could. Uh, we could. Oh, my God. We and then totally inadvertently start accidentally talking about Star Wars, because this is just <laughs> the light side and the dark side and balance. <laughs> well, the, the thing that always struck me as the core truth of Taoism is this idea that the Tao is infinite and that any individual person can only perceive a part of the Tao. So truth is gained not through a a, a singular clear perspective, but by kind of incorporating the uh, the perspectives of everyone who is who are in their own right perceiving a part of that larger grand hidden truth. I, I thought that was a nice thought. But speaking of hidden truths, there is a hidden truth that I think you were excited to talk about. It is the Gordian knot of this episode that we are trying to untangle. It is what I'm calling the Kelsey Swift protocol, which is the relatively new conspiracy that Taylor Swift is a deep state psyop and <laughs> that the NFL is rigging the playoffs and the Super Bowl so that Travis Kelsey wins and Taylor Swift is then able to endorse Joe Biden. And I, I had to say it slow to make sure I got it right. I don't want to misspeak. I don't want anybody to misunderstand what this conspiracy is. This conspiracy is that the United States government is coordinating with the NFL <laughs> to get Joe Biden reelected by having Travis Kelsey date Taylor Swift. Well, I would truly hate to misrepresent the people that are spinning this wild conspiracy. You know, I mean, they show such care to not misrepresent <laughs> the, the people and subjects that they speak about. So so I'm going to just hit you with a couple quotes. Uh, this first one is from Stephen Miller, who was a senior advisor to President Trump during his presidency. He says, what's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic. And then I'm not sure if there's a gap here because I lifted this quote from a written publication. Then he says, yeah, have you ever wondered why or how she blew up like this? And I mean, let's let's go ahead and tackle that. Uh, she's been yeah. work. She's been working pretty hard since what two thousand eight. She's got about twenty years of yeah. This this uh, get look. I grew up in high school. I'm an older person than high school age uh, by about fucking fifteen years at this point. But you are um, getting old. In high school, I was the like music snob right like i my dad raised me on indie rock which is like hashtag blessed the way hashtag blessed but it's the way to create a little shit in high school uh, <laughs> but in high school i hated pop music is the is what i was trying to get at there so look i was never predisposed to like taylor swift music i have since become more of a pop fan a pop culture fan and um, I, pop music has really grown on me. I like there's a lot of it that I really like. 
Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I love, I love a lot of Taylor Swift stuff. I feel the same way. So I feel like I've got a foot in both worlds here, but it drives me wild when I hear people talk about not understanding how Taylor Swift has become this global phenomenon because she has been a hit machine for so long. Like, even if you don't like it, you have to understand that she has wide appeal that clearly is viral constantly. How could you not understand that? And not only that, because she's so pervasive, there are new fans picking up her music every day. Like, Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift released, you know, her formative albums like 15, 20 years ago. Almost. And people like me who may have just like dismissed it as being, oh, just another pop. Well, actually, originally country star Mm -hmm. and then pop star. You know, it's easy to just kind of write it off and not not expose yourself to it because you because you already have an understanding of what it is. Even if you don't, you have a you have a prejudice, really. Right. But speaking of prejudices, this next quote comes from Jesse Waters, who is a Fox News host. Uh, You may remember him from his days. Uh, running around as Bill O'Reilly's bitch before Bill O'Reilly got <laughs> fired for, wait for it, surprise, sexual harassment. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a recurring theme at Fox. Uh, women are not <laughs> treated well. Uh, speaking of women not being treated well, here's what he has to say about Taylor Swift. <laughs> well, around four years ago, the Pentagon Psychological Operations Unit floated turning Taylor Swift into an asset during a NATO meeting. I love this. I've tried to verify this information that was broadcast on a cable network with the word news in the title. And I cannot find any indication that this ever happened as a serious or documented proposal. And if it did, it was probably just somebody offhandedly commenting about Taylor Swift's popularity. (laughs) Sure. sure. Which is by the way, global and not just with autocrats. Jesse waters took one look at the bad blood music video. and was like, (laughs) she's clearly a sleeper agent. She could, (laughs) Kick anybody's ass. <laughs> Do you think that's what the fact checkers uh, fact checkers like? Hey, Jesse, I don't know if we can say that. And he's just like, no, check this out. And they're like, whoa. <laughs> and I haven't seen the Bad Blood music video, but you've described it to me as her playing like a James Bond, Jason Bourne esque spy. Yeah, it's fucking cool. There's like um, Jesse's. There's like three or four different segments of this music video. It starts with her in kind of a no, none of that uh, yet. Maybe the sequel. I don't know. But it starts with her in kind of an office building, just kind of generally kicking ass. And then there's I can't imagine her doing anything else in an office building, certainly not working (laughs) in an office building. She's probably like, you know, looking for the there's always a USB drive with nuclear codes on it in in an office building somewhere. But anyway, it ends up being this epic team up with all these different characters. Oh, it's so cool, man. And I bet honestly. I'm with Jesse Waters on this. One. <laughs> you think the bad blood music video is actually a documentation of Taylor being recruited by the CIA and her just putting it out there. Illuminati style to let people know that she's on board. Yeah, it's well, see the footage leaked and she said, oh, my God, I have to put this in a music video <laughs> so that people don't think it's actually real. <laughs> but it is. <laughs> but it totally is. So recent presidential race dropout Vivek Ramaswamy had this to say on his account on X. I wonder who's going to win the Super Bowl next month. And I wonder if there's a major presidential endorsement coming from an artificially culturally propped up couple this fall. (laughs) 
<laughs> so that that is somebody who was ostensibly a serious contender for the Republican presidential nomination. It's OK to laugh uh, because Donald <laughs> Trump has it wrapped up. And the only thing standing between him and declaring victory in the Republican primary is Nikki Haley trying to round up enough delegates to make an argument that she should be their presidential nominee when he goes to jail or people wake up and realize that he's been scamming them to pay his legal bills. If he goes to jail, good Lord. <sighs> well, as, as somebody who has recently registered to be a federal juror at the request of the uh, local federal courthouse, I would like to remind everybody that it is important to look at things with clear eyes with fresh eyes and with an impartiality befitting a person's right as defined by the United States constitution as the right to trial by jury of your peers. And I am a potentially impartial juror. Okay. Okay. Just waiting in the wings, (laughs) just waiting in the wings. Look, as a, as a comic book fan, I would love a future where a president rules the country from prison. <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that idea for a comic book, just not for my country. Right. Yeah, exactly. In fiction, it's great. When Kingpin does it, it's sexy so cool. as hell. Yeah. Like if you were telling me that Vincent D'Onofrio was going to be our president, I'd be like, OK, yeah, he can do it from prison. He can do it from Rikers. Well, because Spider-Man goes to prison and beats the shit out of him. It was actually Daredevil that went into the prison and beat him up, wasn't it? Uh, I think they might have both had a crack at him in that way. If one of them is about to kill Kingpin, the other one has to step in and be like, hey, you don't want to do this. And obviously that's not true, but you got to keep the comics going because Kingpin is a phenomenal bad guy. But speaking of phenomenal bad guys, (laughs) although the MAGA camp would have us believe that Taylor has been recruited by the government to support Joe Biden's reelection bid, uh, she tells a slightly different story. She says, I'm just there to support Travis. I have no awareness of of if I'm being shown too much and pissing off a few dads, Brad's and Chad's. (laughs) So, yeah, on top of that, there was some general complaints about Taylor Swift being at the game and being on camera Mm -hmm. as if that's something that she can control. Right. She shows up to the game and they point the cameras at her because it's good for ratings. Yeah, I hate to break it to people, but the NFL is a product and They are going to do whatever gets them the best ratings. And Taylor Swift fans are watching these games to see her be adorable. So this isn't some like wild, uh, you know, plot. This is just people like seeing Taylor Swift on screen. So they're going to show it. But if you need deep state commentary on this, a Pentagon representative stated, we all know too well the dangers of conspiracy theories. So to set the record straight. Taylor Swift is not part of a DOD psychological operation, period, which is exactly what you'd expect them to say about a top secret psychological. Like when the Pentagon comes out and like, no, nothing to see here. That does not set conspiracy theorists minds at ease. No, Johnny Matters is out there like, oh, well, I guess. (laughs) So that that kind of takes care of the first part of this claim. The first part of the claim is, is Taylor Swift a secret agent for the government? The answer is probably not. (laughs) <laughs> but she wouldn't tell us if she was. So we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll put that out there. Well, we're going to launch that into the firmament and just let it stay up there. A constellation kind of hinting at the shape of a conspiracy, but not in of itself provable or likely. The second claim being made here is that the NFL's rigged. Mm-hmm. And that is not necessarily a new sentiment. I've heard people say the NFL's rigged for a long time. 
Right. It's usually people who are members of a fandom that has gone without a championship for a long time or immediately after a ref missing a call or blowing a call or or something to that effect. And I think we're at an interesting place politically and culturally where we have two major parties with very vocal cultural agendas. And the right wing in particular has had a a kind of acrimonious divorce from the uh, what they would call the mainstream media. And they successfully kind of extracted themselves and created an independent news ecosystem that's built on three prongs. Right wing radio, which kind of started the whole thing. Right wing cable news channels. And then the most recent thing is, of course, the deepest bowels of the Internet. And so the way this tends to manifest is that rumors and conspiracies start by percolating around in the depths of these right wing online circles like on Twitter which I'm not going to call X. I mean, I'm going to acknowledge that it's called X, but I'm not going to be like, well, on X, because they're going to be out of business before anybody actually gets used to calling it X. So you may as well just keep calling it Twitter. When it dissolves, it will be ironic that it's called X. (laughs) (laughs) It's an X. It's an X social media platform. Exactly. So yeah, you'll find them on Twitter, Truth Social, Parler, Rumble, and so forth. And then the more classic mediums like the right-wing radio and the right-wing cable news networks without confirming a conspiracy, we'll say things like some people are saying, or they'll make an offhanded joke like uh, the Greg Gutfeld show, which is ostensibly a comedy show, similar in format to, say, Bill Maher's now also fairly conservative comedy show on HBO. Boomer's going to boom, you know what I mean? So it lends it some credence just by acknowledging it, like, oh, the people at the news channel, they have news in the name. They're saying it. Jesse Waters is implying it. It must be true. Yeah. And I think there are probably few things that are sacred in conservative circles more important than the sanctity of sports. Because if you're not at church, you better be watching the game. And it's a perfectly acceptable conservative joke to have like the doofy husband, you know, listening to the game in church type of thing. But yeah, so you you see all sorts of attacks from conservative culture warriors on sports. Specifically, you know, recently there's there's lots of attacks on trans people being involved in sports. And, you know, there's nothing that, you know, rings more true than conservatives being upset about women's sports. Uh, But it's not just the, the general sense that liberals are trying to ruin things that conservatives love, like guns and football and country music and, you know, whatever, whatever else we've destroyed recently. Um, (laughs) That's pretty much everything. What should we set our sights on next? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just America. America. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. As recently as the last playoff season, there were rumors that the NFL was setting up Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Eagles in the Super Bowl to capitalize on the success of both franchises and the fame of the Kelsey brothers. So Travis Kelsey, of course, plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. And then uh, in my backyard, Jason Kelsey is probably the biggest hero on the Eagles football team because he wore a mummer's outfit and gave an impassioned speech and drinks a lot of beer. Like he's just like, he is, he is a very Philadelphia kind of guy. He's a good dude. Not to mention Taylor's fun fact, Taylor Swift Eagles fan. She's from Reading PA. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm hoping she'll be able to convince Travis to move over to the Eagles. And then they got a real story on their hands that might convince Jason to not retire. Yeah. (laughs) So over the past several seasons, there's been a lot of discussion about poor officiating. Basically, refs are missing calls, blowing calls, et cetera. But that's always happened. The NFL's constantly tweaking rules, and it can seem kind of arbitrary at times. 
And a lot of times what will happen is a ref will make a call and everybody will be like, that's bullshit. And then the NFL will come back and say, well, actually, that is the rule. Yeah. So this idea that the NFL is rigged exists independent of the Taylor Swift conspiracy. That case last year, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, they want the Chiefs versus the Eagles. And it's like, well, there's a lot of setting up. And uh, they a lot of them pointed to the poor officiating in both the NFC championship and the AFC championship. But the Eagles didn't really have a lot of trouble getting to the Super Bowl because I don't know if you watched last year's Super Bowl, but uh, Brock Purdy, who was their third string quarterback, started the game because Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, the two guys seated uh, seated ahead of him in the in the roster order, had gone down for the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. So after week 13, Brock Purdy, who was like literally the last draft pick rookie, Mr. Irrelevant, as they call him, Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, that was his nickname. Um he gets injured like in the first quarter, just like a few minutes into the game. He hurts his elbow and it ended up being like a torn ligament. It was not a, a minor injury. He didn't just get a bump, bump, boob on his elbow. He tore a ligament. Then the fourth stringer, Josh Johnson, ends up playing. So at this point, San Francisco is playing its fourth string quarterback. He gets knocked out of the game with a concussion in the third quarter and they put Brock Purdy back in with an immobile elbow. Can't he throw, can't toss yeah. the ball further than 10 meters or yeah. 10 yards which is just barely enough to move the chains and not enough to win a game against, you know, the Eagles, one of the top teams in the league. Right. So they didn't have to rig that game with with bad play calling. They put a bug in the ref's ear and they were like, we can take this one off. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all can y'all can chill for this game. Yeah, just take a nap, guys. (laughs) They rigged it for us. So, yeah, the. The idea that the NFL has been rigged is nothing new. However, a couple of players have uh, come out and actually kind of made some allegations. Uh, So Arian Foster, who previously played for uh, several teams, I think his last team was with the uh, Texas. I think he was with the uh, Texas Texans. Yeah, Texans. Yeah, that's the Texas Texans. Texas, the Texas Texans, the the Houston Houston Texans. Texans. Yeah, (laughs) it's Dallas Cowboy, Houston, Texas. Got it. So Arian Foster has claimed on his podcast that at the beginning of the season, a script gets dropped off detailing the season uh, the season narrative, including injuries, touchdowns, and so forth. Right. And this has been commented on by sports writers as being a tongue-in-cheek statement. And for what it's worth, I've watched the clip, and it's actually Foster's co-host recounting something that Foster told him uh, prior to going on the air. And then Foster just agrees with his story and adds a little bit of clarification about how dedicated they were to maintaining the script. And he compared it to the WWE. Uh, That said, people who know Arian Foster's sports writers, they basically said it was a joke. And other NFL players have come out to adamantly refute the accusations that the NFL is rigged. So well, and the NFL itself made a uh, made a high budget commercial where they like kind of sarcastically are do it's like a script meeting and Patrick, all the stars are there. Yeah. And and there's also some comedy writers there like um, I think. Keegan from Key and Peele is there and they're talking about like what the script's going to be this year. And then like, they'll be like, and so-and-so gets injured and that player will be in the meeting and be like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's pretty funny. But like, this was wild because like I remember my my boss asked me about like, did you hear that the, the NFL has a script? And like, you know, like as if it was a thing. And then I went and I watched this clip and it's pretty clear that he's being facetious. Like he, yeah. he has a very dry, <laughs> sarcastic tone. 
And, and also, like, it's absurd to think that they would plan injury. You know what I mean? Like, well, that that's just it. The the thing with a conspiracy theory, whether it be Taylor Swift getting recruited by the government or the NFL being rigged, the one thing that ties all of these conspiracies together is how utterly impossible they are. Like the idea that the 2020 election was somehow rigged in local, like basically at the local level around the country to benefit Joe Biden it would require a conspiracy so huge that it could not be a conspiracy. Yeah. Donald Trump couldn't even fake electors without getting caught. And right. he thinks Joe Biden faked the entire election. I, and I'm saying this. I'm saying that I personally believe what has that, that Joe Biden has won the election based solely upon newscast. If I were in a courtroom and presented with facts to the contrary, I, of course, would side with Mr. Trump, our 45th president, <laughs> 45th president, first insurrectionist. <laughs> If he gets elected again, is he the 45th still or is he the 45th and the 47th? He's the 45th and the 47th. Uh, we played this game once before with Grover Cleveland. Okay. Who uh, skipped a term before coming back. Uh, I believe he was the, I want to say like the 30th and 32nd maybe or 20th and 20 or 27th. He was the founder of the city of Cleveland, right? Uh, fun fact. No, he wasn't. He was the <laughs> founder of the Grove Park at the center of Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> uh, Grover <laughs> Cleveland was the 22nd and 24th president of the United States, serving from 80, uh, 1885 to 1889. And then again, from 1893 to 1897. Good for him. Yeah, I mean, there, there is no better comeback story. <laughs> yeah, he do an insurrection <laughs> in his first term. <laughs> he forgot. He forgot to do an insurrection. Maybe maybe there wouldn't have been a gap. I mean, <laughs> but the final claim being made by the MAGA community in regards to Donald Trump is that it has been reported that, and there's been a lot of uh, reporting about presidential candidates lately. They they recently reported that Joe Biden apparently thinks that Donald Trump is, quote, a sick fuck, which I can't, as a potentially impartial juror, agree or disagree with whether or not he's a <laughs> sick fuck or not. I'm just reporting what the president said. I mean, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't his fans, wouldn't Donald Trump voters agree that he's a sick fuck? Like, isn't that, that what they like about him? They like the sick fuckery. I don't know that they necessarily like the title. <laughs> they want the benefits without the optics. Fair enough. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I was just like, well, how do we determine who's more popular? I mean, we could we could try to do it by net worth, like who's willing to give these people more of their money. And I think that the average Taylor Swift ticket is probably more expensive than the average Donald Trump small dollar donation. So we're comparing the fame of Trump and Taylor at this point. Yep. Yeah. Donald Trump has allegedly stated that he is way more popular than Taylor Swift. Mm. So apparently this is like this entire conspiracy theory has offended him. He is now mad at Taylor Swift for being the object of, uh, MAGA fixation, because how dare anybody else be the object of MAGA fixation, even in a negative way? Well, if any moment on this show goes viral, let it be this one. Uh, Donald Trump, I challenge you to release a diss track against Taylor <laughs> Swift with a music video as badass as Bad Blood. 
It's going to be really hard to get the J6 choir out of the out of the pokey for this one. <laughs> I want Donald J. Trump in a miniskirt doing flips and kicking dudes in an office building. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to make him wear a miniskirt and do flips in an office. But if he wants to dress up like a kingpin, he can dress up like a kingpin. Sure, sure. I think we both agree that Vincent D'Onofrio has given him permission. <laughs> <laughs> not not directly. He didn't specifically say Donald Trump, you have permission. But I think that the existence of Vincent D'Onofrio as the kingpin gives Donald Trump permission to take it, you know, just take a nibble off that steez. Yeah. So the best way during an election season to determine who's more popular is just to look at the polls. And you might think, hey, is there polling about Taylor Swift? And the answer is yes, there is. YouGov.com is basically a data analytics survey site, and they have a most popular contemporary music artist Q4 2023 uh, ranking list. All right. So they have uh, two stats here. One is fame and the other is popularity. So fame and popularity differ. So popularity is more like approval rating. Fame is more like name recognition. Sure. At least that's the way I'm understanding it based on the fact that you can sort by fame or popularity and Fame is higher for virtually everybody. So that said, Taylor Swift is moving down the fame roster. Apparently, people have forgotten who uh, they forgot about Tay. (laughs) Who? Exactly. So looking at the most famous contemporary music artists in terms of popularity, Taylor's sitting right around number 15 overall with a 54% popularity rating. Hmm. So 54% approval is a landslide in a presidential election. Donald Trump's current approval rating, according to the most recent Quinnipiac University poll, which is a very respected poll in political circles. Uh, So in terms of popularity within the Republican Party, 77% of Republican and Republican-leaning voters support Trump and 21% support Nikki Haley. So, I mean, I think if it came down to just Republicans... That 77% is higher than 54%. So I think that Donald Trump could potentially beat Taylor Swift in the Republican primary. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Although I would love to see that that race. (laughs) Because I feel like there's a fair amount. Oh, there's a a number of Swifties. Of Republican Swifties. She transcends political divides. She just can't cross into the MAGA lands. You know, when, when she sits up on Pride Rock with her father looking out at all the light touches, knowing that it's hers. She sees that uh, dark spot over there and that's Magaland. Uh, now, now I'm picturing Maga hat wearing hyenas, just crawling around <laughs> laughing. Actually, I think I got that wrong. So in, in overall polling, Brian, get your fucking facts straight, man. I know. Right. So Republicans in general, like once you take Nikki Haley out of the equation, 91% of Republicans support Donald Trump. Wow. That's a pretty good number of people. But what that fails to account for is what percentage of Republicans would support Swift over Trump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we don't know how they would stack up together in a race just because currently. Trump is very popular compared to the other Republican options. Uh, Donald Trump's overall approval rating is somewhere in like the upper 30s, maybe low 40s, uh, whereas Taylor Swift's overall approval rating is 54. Mm. That's kind of a landslide in terms of percentage. But in terms of bodied, Donald, get bodied. (laughs) (laughs) 
another way to look at it is how much money did they raise this year? Taylor Swift went on tour and generated over a billion dollars in revenue. To my knowledge, Donald Trump did not generate a billion dollars in donations. I mean, he also went on tour, so maybe. <laughs> but he didn't. He did go on tour, and I didn't see anything about him raising a billion dollars. Not even when you start including, like, the PAC contributions and things like that. Well, talk about the deep state, those super PACs. That's the deep state. <laughs> it's, it's, it's certainly the deep civilization. I don't know if it's the state, but it's, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, in terms of raw dollars, I think, I think Taylor Swift raw dogs him. It's... <laughs> Not even it's not even close. Taylor Swift has so much more money than Donald Trump this year. I think Donald Trump is probably losing money. He's hemorrhaging money. First, he was fined five million dollars for the defamation lawsuit with E. Jean Carroll. And then he went back and doubled down. Now they find him another eighty seven million, which I don't know the last time you lost eighty seven million dollars. But that's a pretty significant chunk of change. Oh, if I lost eighty seven dollars, I would be devastated. (laughs) (laughs) It would change the course of my life forever. So, well, the thing is, if I lost $87, I'd be really upset unless I deserved to lose it. And Donald Trump certainly deserves to lose his money. I assume based only upon the jury recommendation and no preconceived notions. You're, you're doing a great job at this. <laughs> I am still and I remain an impartial, ideal citizen of this country who believes firmly in the constitutional powers invested in all of our government. (laughs) Ryan, I'd like to apologize for laughing while you were saying part of that statement, because I understand that you're being totally sincere and you're the most impartial candidate I can possibly imagine in my life. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I like to think that I could look past any preconceived notions I have about our 45th president And just, you know, just squarely thumbs up, thumbs down. That's what the law says. That's not what the law says. Determine uh, and determine the consequences. If he's innocent, I'll find him innocent. And I'm sure his legal team will make a compelling argument to that point. They've been so competent thus far. Oh, my God. (laughs) Speaking of, he also spent something like $50 million on lawyers this year. (laughs) Uh, And to my knowledge, the only lawyers that Taylor paid $50 million to were the ones who you know, got their piece of whatever contract she signed to sell out stadiums in Tokyo. <laughs> she may have spent $50 million on jet fuel, which is a very real and valid criticism of oh, Taylor yeah. Swift. Fox, Fox uh, News. Fox News said that her that her private jet landed belching CO2. Like Fox News is very concerned about the climate impact of Taylor <laughs> Swift. Yeah. I mean, valid, but also fuck you, Fox <laughs> News. <laughs> Unless Fox News ends up in a federal trial, at which point I will be able to neutrally judge whether Jesse Waters touched somebody inappropriately. I'm not saying he did, but a lot of people are saying he has, which counts as news. I mean, if you're Trump, yeah, a lot of people are saying it. That's one of his catchphrases. It is. It's it's the Fox News special, I call it, because a lot of people are saying it gives you permission to say it. Yes. And I guess the last way that we could compare the two of them in terms of fame would be total number of fans. Well, we know that Donald Trump has we could I think we could generously say he has about 72 million fans based on the 2020 election. Now, 
That is assuming that he didn't have any drop off when he tried to overturn the results of the election by sacking the Capitol, allegedly, (laughs) allegedly. (laughs) His followers did that, and that has reflected poorly upon him in the public sphere. And I remain impartial as to whether or not he was responsible. Jack Smith. Well, let's let's I want to give the full picture here because my uh, I have a conservative brother and what he says about the January 6th situation is that babies are slippery and that's why he's not as smart as you. (laughs) So many things about this are true. At the same time, it was totally justified to try to set the capital because of the rigged, rigged election. But. It was a totally peaceful protest. (laughs) (laughs) And also Trump had nothing to do with it. When you give me a thumbs up, I got a little we get a little icon now. Oh, that's wild. That's nice because it kind of draws your attention. It's like a little cue there. What about this? (laughs) Well, now I'm just okay. So Ian is (laughs) sticking his middle finger up at me and there is no complimentary emoji. It's just you telling me to go fuck myself. (laughs) But if there's one person who's guaranteed to be more popular than Taylor Swift and Donald Trump combined and would never tell me to go fuck myself, it's Rick Reynolds, hmm. who has been kind enough to allow us the use of his hit song, United, from the album Portals in Progress, which you can find on Amazon, iTunes, and Spotify. Ian, would you like <laughs> to tell folks where they can find your shenanigans? Well, so hang on, though. Uh, sorry. Are we backing it up? You got to back yeah. it up? Beep, beep, beep. Well, I want to put a button on. <laughs> I want to put a button on you. You listed the Trump voters and like how many fans he has, but we didn't get to how many fans. I think Taylor you were going to get to how many fans Taylor Swift has. Yeah, is Taylor Swift even on Twitter at this point? I don't know. Taylor Swift thirteen. There she is. That's right. Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift thirteen on Twitter. Official. Um, That's kind of badass, honestly. She is following zero, and she is followed by 95 million people. Nice. Get bodied, Donald J. Trump. Compared to his voters. Let's see what Donald Trump has. So he is the real Donald Trump, I believe. Oh, I I wrote the real Trump. That's not right. Because people could be hate following. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's true for both of them. So I, I think that we should just assume that everybody who follows them does so with a degree of earnestness, like an earnest appreciation. <laughs> Donald Trump has 87.4 million followers. Incidentally, that is the same difference. That is the same delta between his number of Twitter followers and Taylor Swift's Twitter uh, number of Twitter followers as there was between him and Joe Biden in the 2020 election. Just a seven. Like, <laughs> oh, man, Donald Trump, always seven million people short. that's a win for the swifties in my book (laughs) that's a win for the swifties i've already plugged rick tell us where we can find your stuff ian yes uh i am ian and uh you can find me on shrimp and crits which is a podcast it's an actual play podcast with a southern twist i'm sure you've heard about it ad nauseum from my good friend cap uh but just in case you haven't you can find us on all podcatchers that i'm aware of and you can find me on, uh, unfortunately, X slash <gasps> what what I would yes. prefer to call Twitter. You can find me on Blue Sky and all that stuff, too. The only thing I d- haven't joined yet is like threads. But yeah, I don't know. I'm an actual play uh, podcast producer. I make music. I'm an amateur TTRPG game designer. So, you know, I don't know. I've got my my hand in a lot of tills because I just love to gobble up that grain. 
So you reach into the <laughs> cash register, you you and the till, and you get the grain out of the cash register, and then you gobble it. There's grain in my till. My till's just all full you, of grain. Ian Malden, you heard it here first, is living in a barter-based society. <laughs> like, that'll be that'll be seven ounces of grain. Uh, here's your egg, sir. I've got only eighty-seven dollars to my name in terms of it, real, and it's all currency. it's all tied up in grain assets right now. <laughs> At least it's not liquid, you know? He got robbed at knife point by a baker. (laughs) Hey, it's hard out here, you know? It's hard out here. I heard he's been brewing at night. (laughs) That's what what bad bakers do. They brew. (laughs) Bad Bakers is a solid band name. Bad, ba- yeah, Bad Bakers is a solid band name, and I bet you'd crush it in Cleveland where Baker Mayfield made it an ass of himself. Or in Florida where he's having his resurgence as an NFL quarterback uh, because, of the, because of the script favoring him this year. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find Wreck Your Pod at www.wreckyourpod.com and on most major social media platforms except Except for one, except for one that is run by a bloviating dipshit. I know it's hard to narrow it down, but I am, I am, of course, talking about the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. You can't get through with an episode without some kind of dig at Elon. I I can't. (laughs) I can't help it. The guy the guy rubs me the wrong way and he can dry his tears with dollar bills and the fiery wreckage of. Well, take your pick. Rockets, cars, whatever. So between now and next week, you find yourself wondering, is my life scripted? And you don't know whether you've been recruited by the CIA to undermine Donald Trump's rightful claim to the throne of America. Then we encourage you to check yourself. Not wreck yourself. Don't wreck yourself. (laughs) It's a do not. It's do. And then there's. An N there and then an apostrophe, which symbolizes the O that we have removed. And then a T and it's don't wreck yourself. It's the name of the fucking podcast. I know. And I fucked it up. It sure would be a shame if you were responsible for some aspect of the quality of this show. (laughs) All right, let me give you a clean take. Don't wreck yourself. We are.